Hello everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. Yeah, and this week we had The Vindicator and Robocop, which are pretty close movies. They both came out in 86? Uh, Vindicator was 86, Robocop was 87. Oh yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. If it was the other way around, everyone would assume the Vindicator was a Robocop ripoff. Yeah, because it has some ripoffy qualities to it. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, starting off going through the the uh, opening sequence, mm-hmm. which is important. Yeah. Um, the Vindicator starts off with just uh, sort of rich, rich, retro, retro, retro futuristic font that's, that's green exactly what i've written is retro futuristic synth music and font yeah and then uh robocop starts off with like a new spiel so it's a, sort of ex- giving you a little bit of um explanation explanation of the sort of current social and economic climate of a yeah i thought it was going to be a much more war-based movie just because that opening that opening broadcast is very war heavy from the very beginning and then there's not much about war it's all about there's a little bit, because they talk about what's happening in Mexico. Yeah, it's, but the war aspects are only on the news broadcast. I thought there was going to be a whole... I thought they were going to bring it into it that they wanted the robotic, you know, but that's army. What that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring military-grade war, war fear into a domestic, like, civil yeah. protection. Mm-hmm. No, like, I just thought that it was going to be a broader-scale thing, that, they were, that this was a prototype that they were going to use in wars um which never came to fruition in the movie. Yeah. it's just something i expected that didn't happen um the big differences between these two movies is, is clearly a style difference yeah the vindicator comes off as uh is the word i'd use because <laughs> i can't really think of anything else um it's very low budget yeah um, but it's you can do low budget and have some st- sort of form of stylism with it really doesn't it's just all the shots are real yeah i mean it's real 80s made for tv movie yeah that smells it um i think uh well the thing about the vindicator is that it's not a ripoff of robocop because what it was actually trying to do was reimagine the story of frankenstein in a modern setting or in a futuristic setting i guess um so that's an that's an interesting way to approach it and they do go into that in that, you know, um, I've forgotten his name already, the the guy, the main character in Vindicator. Carl. Carl, yes, yeah. Carl. I know I have it somewhere in my house, but um, Carl very much discusses it when he sees his wife for the first time. And he's saying, he's, he's saying I'm not Carl. I don't know who that is. Yeah. And he d- just doesn't feel human. And he's like, I can't feel, I can't touch. Um, whereas Robocop, it's like they've tried to make him into that yeah. but he still has like all his instincts and things the the main point i'm going to talk about for the vindicator in this, this first sort of opening yeah is the just oh the main character is so un well carl when he's human before he becomes a frankenstein robot cyborg um but he's not even it's, it's confusing because, like, the Robocop's, like, the story of Christ. It's very Christ-esque. It's, okay. There's literally a scene where 
Well, I'm not gonna. So the ending. You can spoil it. Yeah, you yeah. know, everyone knows at this point. I yeah. think that everything on our podcast because is gonna be spoilers. The. So the ending. I'm just gonna like this. This. So he's Frankenstein. We're Robert. We're we're Carl from the Vindicator is Frankenstein. Yeah. And Murphy in Robocop is is Christ. Is, is Christ because okay. he literally gets. He comes back to life. He's, yep. You know, he has his his downtime, and he's and he's born again. He gets crucified, sort of. He gets stabbed with a spear in his side, mm-hmm. and he's walking on water. And his, the first wound is in his hand, which yeah. is like the yeah the stigmata. Stigmata. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Christ analogy in, in Robocop. Where... Um, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, now yeah. that you're saying it, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't something that crossed my mind. Which is odd because I'm the one of the two of us who was raised Catholic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it hadn't crossed my mind, but it is very much a Christ story. Yeah, it's the. It's, I'm not the first person to point it out. So, oh yeah. It's a long running thing, but yes, okay. Vindicator, um, Frankenstein versus Christ. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should have titled the episode. No, I like the the title we picked for this. Um, so yes, you get your your standard twenty eight days later rage monkeys, which have been cybernetically programmed to react to re- danger responses yeah, to the to, point was, where was they like pure rage they literally die which was yeah. so like I, I don't care if you're an evil evil organization monkeys are expensive and they must be um, blowing through monkey mo- so those were chimps yeah they okay. did have monkeys yeah. but those were chimps yeah i think my big thing about the whole of the vindicator actually is Everyone is totally underreacting all the time. Yeah. Like so much like horrible shit happens. They're like, oh well, um, and it starts off with that scene with the with the chimp where the chimp uh, rages itself to death, and they're just like, dang it, you should have. Yeah. You so know. there's three There's two scientists, and obviously there's a project manager, and the project manager's like, oh well, we don't know how bad this this response to danger goes, so I'm gonna go poke it with a stick, and yeah. it literally just hemorrhages blood out of its mouth and dies. Yeah. And they're like. <laughs> Get back to work, guys. It's like, you just killed the, the lamp animal. Like. Yeah. And then in Robocop, we have the same scene, but it's with their stop-motion robot. Yeah. Um, you have 20 seconds to comply. Yeah, yeah. You have 15 seconds to comply. <laughs> so there's their robot that they've created, their war robot, that they want to bring out to replace the police, um, just straight-up murders a businessman. Yeah. And then the guy's like, I have the exact quote, it's, Dick, I'm very disappointed. That's the guy's, that is the CEO's reaction to one of his businessmen being murdered in a conference. One of his executive team just getting... Um, Massacred. It's brutal. There's, there's my, my note for that is, where is it? I said, wow, a dude is legit shot to death horrifically in the business meeting. Yeah. And then they, they call for a paramedic, so I was like, what's the paramedic going to do? He's literally, like, riddled with bullets. This yep. guy is, you know, he's not coming back. My note was squad budget must be insane. <laughs> yeah. Because he just gets, like, everybody who gets shot in this movie yes. gets exploded. Like, every death, every single death in Robocop is fantastic. Yeah. It's so brutal. The guy who melts... Yeah. Oh my god, I just thought that was amazing. And I mean, that's me looking at it in 2021 saying, that's amazing. Mm. Like, I can't imagine what it was like to see that in cinema in 1987. That's brutal. So in The Vindicator, uh, Carl, who's the main character, um, 
after going through the the uh well i've got a note here that says burning through lab monkeys like they grow on trees um <laughs> he goes to blackmail his boss with no evidence of what his boss is doing yeah after he just approved his budget even though it's 1.6 million dollars short of what he wanted yeah so this is the the, the one the first quote that i wrote because i quoted the vindicator a lot because i wanted to remember exact quotes um i also have a lot of stream of consciousness notes on the vindicator i really got into it yeah. as much as it's not a good as not as good a movie as robocop i really enjoyed it i was like really really engaged by it but the first quote that i took down for it was i want some answers alex or i'm going to blow the whistle on you which he says to this guy without knowing what the hell he's doing he just walks into his office and is like i'm gonna blow the whistle on you and the guy's like Alright, and then the guy has him killed. Yeah, well, this kind of a reaction to if you walked into... Because when he barges into his office, the secretary, secretary asks if she wants to, he wants to call security on him. Yeah. It's like, how? what's the difference? Is that like uh, a burger flipper running into the CEO's office of McDonald's and being like, I'm going to blow the whistle on you. This isn't really, you know... It's, yeah. Yeah, because the guy, because the guy's answer to that as well is no security are for spies. He works for us. Yeah, which is a weird, it's just a weird reaction. Um, but yeah, so then he just gets him killed. And the way he gets killed is super dumb because yes. in here, smart person is dumb, is what the note that I wrote. Yeah, so I know he, I did write a note at some point, but I don't remember where it is in it, but it's just about how many... Uh, I think I, what I wrote was something along the lines of they should use this as a health and safety instructional video on what uh, not to like, do. Like the forklift videos. The, the lovely forklift I videos. I love those. That's my the, my favourite part of getting forklift certified was watching those horrible forklift videos where everyone does something horrible wrong. So they rig it so like a kiln that's melting, I think they said it's silicon research that he's doing. Yes. So and then he cut, and they sabotage the arm that removes the crucible from the kiln, and then he goes in there to manually get it out, but it's hot, obviously. But then realize it's going to blow up. Instead of closing the door, he just stands there and screams. Yep. Which annoyed me because, again, smart person being dumb. Yeah, so he goes in and he gets himself locked in there, which he shouldn't have gone in in the first place. He should have, like, evacuated the building. But he goes in there and then he, like, opens it and is, like, with no protective equipment on. He needs proper PPE. He no. don't have it. Um, and then and then he realizes he can't do it. And then he leaves the door of the, the kiln open and then he tries to get out of the place he's in. And he's like, no! But also he sees someone... Up like he sees someone watching him, and oh, he, he immediately him. threatens them instead of like calling for help. He, he just sees the bearded henchman guy. Yeah, the beard man. Yeah. His name is Ian. I remember that. I okay. remember it, but I referred to him as a beard man extensively in my notes. Um, the other thing was right before the thing starts to go off, the alarm starts to go off for that. Uh, he's dealing. He's there with another guy, and the other guy says to him, "If you ever get tired of your family, you'll give them to me." Yeah. Which I was like, okay, this guy's gonna 100% try to kill this guy and steal his wife. Bert is super creepy. Bert he's, is so creepy. He's like the, the, the work friend. Yeah, so Bert family. is supposed to be like, you were, I think we're supposed to think Bert is the good guy until near the end, but like yeah. the first time I see Bert, he's being super creepy and he yeah. literally basically gives off vibes of, I'm gonna stalk your wife. Um, and then Bert is like, I'll go get a coffee. And then 
this alarm's gone off and the whole factory is suddenly empty. There's this no, whole lab, yeah, yeah, the, the whole lab, so it's weird. a massive lab and it's totally empty and it's like, mm, very suspicious. Yeah. The, then you get the, from him screaming no, which, which I literally have it down as a no in here. As a no. Yeah. I wrote no panicking, no fear. Yeah. Um, then you get a smash cut to his funeral where they talk about how he's <laughs> like a <laughs> hero. I said that immediately cut to funeral. It like it just goes it's like him going, No and then it's the coffin. Yeah. And that's then, it. That's and the then transition. The next cut from that is his wife getting home and their house has been ransacked to look like a burglary, but they stole Carl's notes. Yeah. And then you never through the entire movie know what he was working on and why it was a, Yeah. It's um, literally, his research doesn't seem to be relevant to anything because yeah. we don't ever hear what his research is. But what we know through the movie is there's, they're trying to do some form of space. They're trying to get to Mars. They're trying to get to Mars. It's the whole purpose of their, like, lab. Is it? Because I, like, I thought that was space a, suits. a separate thing. Was that the, the guy had built these spacesuits for Mars and then the woman had built this rage thing for that they were going to use in soldiers, and then because they had, like, the half-dead guy, they put him in the Mars suit and gave him the rage thing. I thought it was two separate projects. Maybe. It just seemed, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not very clear. No, not very clear. Um, the note that I've got in there is still research on what, hot things are hot, and, like, was that it? And the, the fact that... So the whole house is trashed. Everything's ripped apart. They've got reel-to-reel storage, which has all been ripped out. I don't know if it's music or... Sorry. Or, uh, music or his research notes. Um, Bert is with her. Yeah, Bert's with the wife, which immediately just, is a red flag to me. And they just sit down on their couch, like rearrange the couch cushions that have been overturned and just sit there. And then he's like, oh, and then she's like, oh, we should call the police. It's like, yeah, you've just walked into your ransacked house and you're just sitting. <laughs> the, the thing is, is if you come home to your house and it's been ransacked, you don't know if the people are still inside. Yeah. So you like go to your next door neighbour and be like, hey, my house has been burned, can I call the cops from here? Yeah. But instead they sit down, and it's not until they decide, oh, yeah, you know, this is really bad, we should call the cops, and then the noise. weird friend... So, according to the wiki article, she's their daughter? What? The actress is only three years younger than both of the people who are supposed to be her parents, so I don't know if they've just assumed that, because it's never said in the movie. Like, I've got... The first question I've got about her is just, who is Catherine? Yeah. But then I love Catherine. Catherine is great. Um, there's a, she does a lot of cool stuff later on in the movie. I like Catherine a lot. Yeah. But um, at the beginning, she's just a random woman who is coming into the house, and they think she's broken, and they're like, oh, Catherine. Yeah. And it's like, who, who but is But if she's this? your daughter, wouldn't she have been at the funeral with you would think so. It's such a confusing... I thought she was just like the nanny or like the... The nanny for what? The baby's not born I yet. don't know. It was very confusing. It was very confusing of what is the relationships between these yeah. people were. I will more... say that having watched The Vindicator and then watched Robocop, because I haven't... You'd seen... I think you said you'd seen both movies before. I haven't seen either movie before. No, I'd seen a movie that I thought was The Vindicator. Oh, okay. It was a completely different movie. Okay. Uh, well, I had seen neither movie before. Um, and at least... Carl's family gets involved in the whole situation. Where, where Murphy's family just... Well, you don't even know, so the... Murphy's family only exists in flashbacks, and then when when he asks, or when someone asks someone about... He asks at the he, end where, what, where his family did, and they're like, right. oh, they sort of 
girls yeah, the, have moved away. Yeah, it's like your wife moved away and she's moved on already. She's seeing someone else. Yeah. It's like it's been, what, three days? No, because you don't... They go through seasons in his... So it's like a detached robot head moment. Where oh, I'm assuming okay. he's just like... Being installed and being, stuff. Yeah, he's sort of like going through his programming and stuff. Before installing the rest of his body parts. They have like New Year's. And oh, yeah. so there's a time they frame because there's, there's like a little jump cuts where yes. it's from Murphy's perspective with this really low resolution. F- yeah, where all where it all seems to be shot from the ground, like he's just lying on the floor. Or sitting on a very short table. It's very low to the ground. Um, so yes, Frankenstein awakens. Uh, Carl awakens in his new c- cyborg armored gold it's literally Space just suit. it's literally just gold foil. Yeah. It's just a whole suit of gold foil and that's like supposed to be state of the art for NASA. Um the he attacks the people in the lab as as a as a Frankenstein monster the, does. The important point of that is that part of their design because they want to use him as like a super soldier, so part of their design is they have a remote control unit yeah. that they're going to control his rage reaction and control his actions. Um, but when they try to wake him up, he doesn't wake up, so they think there's something wrong, and the first thing they do is they take that remote unit off to check if there's something wrong with it, and that's when he wakes up. Yeah. So he wakes up without the remote unit. Yeah. Um, the only notes I really made on that was attack of the killer rage monkeys and reject Jones' return to monkey. Yep. I mean, that's accurate. Because they ripped that lady apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic garbage truck escape, which is pretty... It's yep. a pretty... Standard uh, trope these For which days. I wrote, blends in with the garbage because he looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> he is just, and the, he is just wearing um, gold foil. Yeah. And then his suit, and then there's, there's like an incinerator and his yeah, foil melts. Which so makes no sense because that's the part that's supposed to be yeah. the thermal protection. Yeah, it's about, yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but it, but it means that for the rest of the movie he's got this cool melted soldier look. Yeah. Um, which I guess is a and then I don't remember exactly what happens right after that, but I have written vengeance in all caps. So um, eighties bad guy bikers attack him when he's like running down the street, and then he just yeah no I think because that's a bit after that because first he has the creepy clown mask and stuff, but um I think it must be just that he's remembering yeah I think that's it I think when he comes out when he comes out of the fire because he's experienced the fire again he has like a flashback sequence where he remembers. Dying. He remembers dying and he remembers seeing the beard guy. Yeah. Um, so I had written like, how did they not think about him remembering who let him die? Because the guy literally stands and watches him die and then they're like, it's fine. He won't kill us when he's raging. Um, but really you should have not revealed yourself to the guy before you turn him into a super soldier. Yeah. That feels like, you know, pretty basic stuff. For um, his finding out that when he gets near him, he just turns into a killing machine. Um, the guy who doesn't attack him and is no threat to him gets it the worst. Yeah. So one guy gets like thrown against the wall, the other guy gets thrown against another wall, and then yeah. the guy who's literally hands up like, like, I didn't hurt you, bro, gets, while wearing a motorcycle helmet, gets his skull crushed, which I yeah. thought was the worst, and then the other dude's like lying on the ground and he's like, please don't hurt me anymore, and then dies. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, that's kind of an overreaction. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's like programming, yeah. And you see what happened to the chimpanzee that hit it. But, like, that's 
so ruthless. Yeah, and then he, he shows up at his own house because he does, because one of the differences is that Carl does have his memories, whereas yeah. Murphy doesn't have his memories. In yeah, well, I think Carl's transformation was in like a couple of days. Right. Where Murphy's, it seems to be like a, there's time has passed. They try to show you that quite a long time has passed, maybe a year yeah. or so. Yeah, and I think also um, in Carl or in Murphy's case, they were actually actively working on the Robocop prototype. Yeah, yeah. And then they just used him. Though the interesting thing about that is, um, well, obviously in Vindicator, they purposely kill Carl yeah. to make him into Vindicator. Yeah. It's very heavily hinted that they do the same thing in Robocop. Yeah, because there's, there's a mention of them moving like ace cops around to really dangerous precincts. Yeah, and also they got him to sign a waiver that because there's the bit where they're like yeah. they saved one of his arms and it's like no he signed a waiver we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So they before they moved him to the district where all the cops are being killed where they because they literally have a whole thing at the beginning where they're saying you know oh yeah and the eight, guys eight cops or whatever were killed by this guy. Um, so so they get him to sign a waiver to do with this Robocop thing and then they move him to this dangerous area where this guy is killing all the cops and then they assign him to that case yeah and then they don't send back up yeah so it's very heavily implied that this is intentional and he is in that place to become robocop but he doesn't know them yeah the one thing i will say about um murphy is there's a lot of relation to him spinning his pistol yeah. And it's the hint that, uh, what was the character's name? Louise? No. Um, I just wrote badass short hair female cop. I can think, the actress' name is Nancy Allen. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't, I did know the character name, but yeah. I've forgotten it, unfortunately. That's alright. It doesn't matter now. Um, there's a lot of him spinning his gun and that's how she figures out it might be Murphy. Yeah. And it's related to a memory of his son because he watched a TV show where there was like a space opera sort of yeah. thing where, he, Dad, can you do that too? Yeah. It was really cool in the 80s and the 90s and then it's sort of now cringe. Yeah, but it's It's also still... really bad gun safety. Yeah, it's bad gun safety. But the idea is that it's something that he's doing on instinct because yeah. he trained himself to do it. Yeah. So she sees that and is like, so the Rob him as Robocop, he doesn't realize that he's doing it yeah. for that reason. Um, does it but it's the same stuff. as when he sees the guy who he saw on the day because he says the same thing to him. The um, uh, oh, what was it? Dead oh, or alive, the, becoming with yeah, me. Yeah, dead or alive, becoming with me. Yeah, he says it to the guy on the day that he then ends up dying. Yeah. And then the next time he sees that guy. The guy's doing it in a totally different context, but he automatically says the same thing, and then the guy panics, and he's yeah. like, no, we killed you, we killed you. Yeah. That guy's great. I love that guy. D discount flea. Yeah, I think he's doing a great acting job. Yeah. I mean, if you he's better than every character in Vindicator, in terms of reacting to things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so good. The parts that annoy me when Carl goes home is his wife still wearing makeup. After having a bath. <laughs> yeah. You said that while we were watching it. It's one yeah. of the few things that was actually said while we were watching it. Um, and then you sort of get a jump cut with the, the bad guys hiring a hunter who's literally her name. Her name is Hunter. Yeah, in the movie, which is also therefore her job, which is such classic 80s naming. Yeah. Um, and they're doing kendo, and then it's like it's supposed to be a shock reveal that she's a woman, but yeah. it was kind of obvious coming. 
Um, so you get a little bit of understanding of what the suit can do because he shows like the kid in the there's a kid in the junkyard throwing rocks at the van he's sleeping in, and he asks him, "Do you know ET?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah sure." And then he can lift a car, so you yeah, understand and you s- that it's like a super suit. Yeah, but yeah, before then, there's a bit where he just did, I can't remember what he did. He did something, and like I just wrote, "How is he super strong?" He's a burn victim in a spacesuit built to travel to Mars. Yeah, there's no reason for him to have super strength. I think they're supposed to be like exoskeletal super suits. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense though. The Robocop one makes sense because yeah. that's what it's designed for. The Vindicator, it doesn't make sense. His life support is is. Like, the life support yeah. for all those suits just looks like carbonated milk. It's also very confusing, but very, very cool that he was able to, from outside the house, speak to his wife through the synth speakers. Yeah. I love that. I thought yeah. that was great. But what was hilarious about that is that she obviously told Catherine that she heard him, and then she comes back to the house after doing something, and Catherine is holding a seance, and then she's like, she literally walks, walks up to her and goes, damn it, Catherine, I asked you not to do this. So, like... Did she ask her specifically not to hold a seance? Can you contact my dead husband like, who I think has been talking to me through my speakers? I also wrote, who is Catherine? And how does she fit into this sinister puzzle? Um, Which is a quote from Grim Fandango. There's two... Sort of... I know cocaine was huge in the 80s, but there's a lot of cocaine use in both these movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, sort of going forward, it's pretty much standard cat and mouse stuff. They kind of reenact the bug hunt from Alien 3, where they're going into tunnels with sort of flamethrowers, but they're like acid squirt guns. Yeah, they're acid squirt guns that don't actually do anything. Um, and what really annoyed me about it is they, that lady Hunter is like, she's like, you know, come out, we're not going to hurt you, we don't want anyone to get hurt, whatever. So he just steps out and he's like, who are you? And then she just goes, fire! And they yeah. all start squirting out. It's like you could have had a conversation with yeah. the guy. And you'd be like, hey, we're going to help you out. Come with us. Like, And then he just like bursts a pipe and sets it on fire. So they all run away. Yeah. Um, and, oh, be- because and one of the bad henchmen gets blown. Is it the beard guy who's in the surveillance van gets blown up? No, oh. it's the guy who's playing Igor. The guy who the main bad guy calls Igor. Oh, okay. He gets blown up and he says something about like having a... Um, a stormwater, like, a, a manhole cover on his butt. Yes, that's it. Manhole cover on his butt. Um, but yeah, so she, so literally, all he does is, like, make a makeshift flamethrower and then run away. But she then immediately, like, gets on a bike, I think, and goes the whole way to the lab and storms her way in and, like, threatens all the security officers and stuff and then is like, who is this man? You didn't tell me this. And it's like, what happened? Yeah. It's almost like you standardly think in movies that there's dialogue that is boring and therefore not in the movie. But the yeah. characters actually talk to each other outside of the scenes. Like, yeah. they're not just standing around in, like, cardboard boxes waiting for the next, like, scene for them to appear. Yeah. But that this comes off that way. It comes off that no one has any conversations other than the ones that are on screen. Yeah. So she literally just, like... She's totally unscathed. She's not harmed at all by this fire that came at her. Yeah. But she just, like, immediately from the sewer goes straight back to the lab and is, like... To- she just starts punching people. Yeah. And she's, like, totally in shock and, like, what? You told me it was a maniac. You didn't tell me it was blah, blah. And it's, like, he literally didn't do anything. You could have just caught him. Yeah. The... Like, <laughs> there was nothing strange that happened. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in the Vindicator. Um, 
There's a lot of day drinking, yeah. including the wife who's supposed to be pregnant. Did she drink? I don't even remember that. Yeah, her and Bert are sitting in like a daytime bar and they've oh. both got alcoholic drinks and Bert looks like he Listen, can handle his alcohol. Listen, that pregnancy, at the, at the end of the movie, she has a son. And yeah. I don't know how, because not only is she day drinking, she also is thrown down the stairs and then she climbs back up and is dragged down on her stomach. Yeah. And then that Bert sits on her stomach and strangles her. Yeah. And then she gets knocked unconscious and then she's in like a car that ends up in a car crash and then she, the pregnancy is totally fine and she has a healthy baby boy. Yeah. And I just literally don't understand the logic of any of that. It's, yeah. Um, the only thing I will say is the glue trap was pretty clever where they trick, because Bert, Carl, Vindicator doesn't know that Bert's bad. And Bert's yeah. doing this all for a promotion, which makes no sense. Yeah, because, but Bert like, also wants to, Carl's wife. Yeah. So he wants Carl out of the picture, so he's happy to do that. He's she not an to, actual friend. He just wants to be Carl. Yes. Um, but that glue trap was pretty clever. Yeah. Except for the way he escapes from it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So they get him in, like, resin. Yeah. And it's, like, solidified, and they get it on the back of a truck... And then they're driving, and then it just comes loose and starts smashing through the truck. No, he's like vibrating it from the inside or something. It's it's, that's cracking. really unclear. Yeah, it's cracking from the inside. It's uh, smashing around in the back of this covered truck. And then it just like... And instead of like slowing down or pulling over, the guys just keep driving at the same highway speed and then end up going over a cliff. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, henchmen being henchmen, like... Yeah. Proper henchman being henchman. You know, it'd be funnier if they'd pulled over and they were like, what the hell's it back in this, you know, truck? Let's open it. And then he, like, bursts out and runs away. But instead of just killing two random dudes because they don't, again, like, safety. There's a lot of safety violations in both these movies. Bert gets super creepy. I'll be your daddy now. Something else I've been uh, written down as a note. Um, yeah, Bert is such a creep. But he was from the beginning. I did, when when Bert was, like, strangling, um... It can't be your daughter, because, um... It says it's her daughter. I know, it doesn't make any sense Hunter to me. snaps Kathleen's neck. Catherine. Catherine's neck. Yeah. And she doesn't look like her... She just looks like she's had a really good spinal adjustment. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like it's fatal. It just looks like she's really enjoyed it and yeah. just slides down. Um... Wouldn't you freak out a little bit more if it had been your daughter murdered? Like, Again, like I said, every single thing in the whole movie is underreacted. Um, no one freaks out about anything. There's so much... Like, she doesn't even freak out about the fact that her husband is dead. And then she doesn't freak out about the fact that her husband is back alive again. You know? So you get the, the, the finishing scene of, of this movie, which is kind of a massive letdown. Um, they all end up back at the ARC facility. It's called Aerospace Research Center, so mm -hmm. ARC. Um, the hunter is there kidnapping his wife. Yep. They have a standoff, a Mexican standoff, um, which is a really bad um, Terminator hallway sequence. Uh, and then you get into... Hunter just shoots herself because she's trapped in there with him. She just like straight up just yeah yeah and I what I wrote to that was that she hasn't even seen him in action because she's like no I can't yeah I can't let you do you know she's like she doesn't want him to do to her what he's done to her but she literally hasn't seen him do anything yeah. to anyone so it's total it doesn't make any sense so that is an overreaction when everyone else is underreacting yeah and then they have their like robot versus robot fight which is again smelled like uh, Terminator 2 to me um 
And my favorite sequence is that, is they're supposed to be super strong, and he picks up, like, a table lamp and throws it at him, and it looks like it hurts him. And yeah. I was just like, Well, my fa- My favorite part of the whole thing is that, um, he's, like, they're, like, talking to him on an intercom, saying they've got his wife, and then he just, like, opens a hatch in the ground and goes down, and then when he catches up to them, his wife is like, you can't, you said you can't touch me, and he's like, oh, no, I reprogrammed myself in the lab. I was like, what? Yeah. When? You just did that right now? How quickly did you write that program? See, at least with Robocop, he's got, like, his weird, like, wrist USB probe. USB thing? Wrist probe, yeah. Which, I, it's not HD. I don't know what it is. I don't, don't think spikes work very well. Yeah, it, it's, it's I, it looks like it's supposed to be, like, a USB type yeah. thing. But it's just, like, a, a cone. spike, yeah. which he ends up using to skewer some dude in the face. Yeah, well, that was handy. You know, yeah. It's good to have it. Yeah. Multifunctional. Multifunctional. Um, um, the, yeah, the thing that I noticed at the end of it, mm-hmm. it's too well lit. What, the fight scene? Just everything. Okay. If you imagine there's an emergency in your building and you want to put some form of tension to it. Yep. Have emergency lighting. Yeah. So it's creepier. So the sequence of people's, can, you can illuminate people better. But the ending sequence, it just looks like two dudes in foam suits, like, wailing on each other, and yeah. it looks super cheesy, and you can hide a lot of that low-budget stuff. And he, they also try to bring back to life some of the other people that he's killed, I think. Yeah, and, and then the, the wife, carbonated milk. Yeah, the wife yeah. just plugs it out, and they're fine, and it's fine. They're yeah, fine. and then he uses it as the final weapon to drown the other guy. Yeah, he drowns the other guy with the fluid that keeps the, him alive. Yeah. Um, what I found interesting about that is that the suits all say NASA on them, yeah. which means Carl was created by NASA. And then at the end of the movie, there's like a future thing where they've like created a museum to him. And she's like, the wife is there with the son being like, this is your dad. He saved whatever. But like, what, what is NASA's version of events? What well, do they tell people? It was the, a guy died testing the suit Yeah, out. testing his suit, but like, how did NASA, if the, if it was all funded by NASA, how did NASA explain the sheer amount of deaths that occurred? Unrelated and the fact, deaths. The fact that the person who tested it was apparently, like, had had a funeral before the testing happened. Yeah. You know, like, it it doesn't make any sense. The... Whereas the, Robocop had, like, you know, they had the guys sign waivers, and then yeah. they got them, and they had all this paperwork and stuff, so, you know. They you don't to have to be a high-budget movie to be just well thought out. Yeah. But, unfortunately for... I'm assuming a lot of these movies we're going to end up watching is just one movie is just poorly, poorly done on so many fundamental points. Um, Robocop's such a good movie, and there's some fantastic scenes. Uh, There are a few bits that annoy me. Um, I've got a note here that says he's bang right in the dick and I don't even remember. Oh! Oh, the shooting. He shoots... Yeah. Shoots uh, the rapist through the woman's legs. Yeah. Um, there's a Which, sequence... That was apparently rewritten on set because he was supposed to shoot past her cheek and hit the guy. Yeah. Um, and then it was based on the way the actress was standing. The director said to the writer, can we actually get yeah. him to shoot there? And the writer was like, oh, that's a great idea. Um, the... There's a scene where Robocop's on patrol and he's in arrest mode and there's a dude who just goes and robs a liquor store carrying a World War II, like, submachine gun. (laughs) And I know about, like, how expensive buying anything World War II is. Yeah. 
from gun collecting point of view, because yep. I watch a lot of gun collection shows on YouTube yep. um, for personal research, they are so expensive. Like, he's going to make, what, 50 bucks, 100 bucks? I don't know, well, maybe with inflation, $1,000, $1,000. He's probably carrying around like an $80,000, $90,000 antique collectible who Robocop then destroys by bending the barrel really easily. But just that scene annoyed me because it's just like, pick it just a gun. The thing that annoyed me in Robocop is everyone's either using pistols or shotguns. There's a couple of, like, pistol-sized submachine guns in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just think, if your cops are getting absolutely massacred, yeah. give them some form of firepower other than just standard 9mm, maybe forty five pistols. Just... Yeah, especially since the villains and, like, the goons are going around with, like, rocket launchers at one point. Oh, so at the end of it, they've got, like, uh, screen-changed Barrett's. So that, that Barrett 50 cal sniper rifle is a real gun. Okay. Uh, it's been around for that since that era. Um, it's a semi-automatic. But, and they've just put extra prop stuff on it to make it look futuristic. I say that in air brackets. <laughs> um, but yeah, just it just annoyed me. Like, everyone's either using, like, submachine guns, submachine pistols, or uh, shotguns. And it just... There's no, like, assault rifle, like... No, sorry, that's a lie. When the police turn up, when Robogop goes nuts and is like, no, objective force says you can't kill anybody who works for the CC... Well, you can't arrest them. You can't arrest them. And when the SWAT turn up, they just unload on them, and they've got, like, saws, they've got M249s, and they've got all sorts of nuts firepower. Yeah. What annoyed me about that, though, is that immediately after that, you get another one of those news broadcasts where they never once mention the cops shooting at Robocop or yeah. Robocop going bad or anything. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was expecting from that, was that it was going to be like, Robocop turned evil or cops looking for it, whatever. But it, it just totally ignored it when it talked about Mexico or something. The thing that bugged me is they took Murphy... Like, here's a really good idea. If you're going to build, take some dude who is brain dead... And then you've got to put him into a cyborg body and then make him a cop again. Don't take him back to the same precinct where he might have known people. Because yeah. that's, that's the big flaw in the first place. It's is... not a huge flaw because it's literally his first time of the job that he gets killed. Because mm. I had written that right at the beginning. Was um, I literally wrote, Rob, ro- actually I wrote Robot Cop. This is, I didn't know that he was going to be Robot Cop because they hadn't announced it at this point. <laughs> but you could tell this is main character vibes walking into the room. So I wrote Robot Cop transfers in so he doesn't know anyone in the precinct so i thought that was why they moved him to a new precinct for doing the whole thing um heading through sort of the middle of the movie so you know you've got him getting killed you've got um him coming back as robocop and the dream sequence where he remembers his own murder yeah um there's a few lines that are written down here that are just my general notations. Uh, Robocop needs a better car, because it wasn't cool. I'm pretty sure in the sequels he got like a gun arm and a cool car. <laughs> um, no one ever aims for his face. No, yeah. I mean, that's where he's vulnerable. You can see the human bit there. Yeah. Aim uh, for the human bit. Don't aim for the robot bit. Uh, he's a learning computer, which was one of the little notes I made when he plugged, like, you know, uh, anyway. Uh... 
Robot Jesus is another note yep. I made, and um, he's beginning to believe. Mm. I wrote, how are they recording his dreams? Because that was unclear to me. Well, they just had, they just had extra monitors. They just had monitors that were recording inside his mind? Things that he wasn't actually seeing? The Maybe they were recording were... his vision. Yeah, the monitors were recording his vision, but his vision isn't seeing... He's not actually physically seeing the same things again. That's replaying in his head. Yeah. So I don't understand how they were recording it. Uh, one of my favorite sequences is when he goes to arrest one of the bad guys, henchmen, associates in that club. And no one stops what they're doing, even though he gets the crap beaten out of him. And his gun disarmed and the gun goes flying into the crowd and the guy catches him. And it's just like, woo! woo! Yeah, yeah. Free gun. They're just delighded. And they drag, he drags him out of there and he's screaming, by that's, his hair! Yeah, that's just Detroit. Which is, which is just police brutality. That's why they set the movie in Detroit. That's just what it's like there. Um, the next sequence is like the guy who did the Robocop program getting killed by the guy who had the ed 209 program dick mm. and um i just yeah wrote, so it's bob bob the yeah. guy he's doing cocaine and then the villain guy shows up and the villain guy has a vhs from no he's a cd he's a cd oh is it a cd it was a cd that's why you had a vhs okay so if, i think wrote in vindicator there's a vhs yeah um yeah so he has a cd that just has a video from dick admitting to being a murderer, yeah. basically, and funding the gang that's been killing all the police. Yeah, which which makes sense because he is he wants to replace the police with this robot, so he funds the people who are destroying the police. Um, which all of it's this both sides. Yeah, but all of this um, made me have a realization about another movie that I love because um, I've never seen RoboCop before. But one of my notes was just. Is Chappie a remake of Robocop? <laughs> it's sort of. It kind of is. Yeah. Um, I do a, like Chappie better though. There's still. a reference I wrote down, which makes no sense to anybody who hasn't seen Crackers Don't Matter, um, where he... So he screws on a silencer to a Desert Eagle, mm-hmm. which is a huge caliber pistol, like okay. so ridiculous, which the silencers do nothing. Yeah. Um, they're not even silencers, but anyway... And just blows out. He shoots him twice in each leg before having a time delayed grenade, and um, just the squibs. But yes, the 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 reference I put is on a flesh wound, with manic laughing that I wrote down here with ah ha 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 ha. The yeah time delayed grenade made no sense to me. Yeah, time delayed grenade, especially because it had a pin. Like if it's gonna be a, if it has like a timer on it, why does it also need a pin? Yeah. Well, I guess it's just a safety mechanism. You pull the pin out and then the timer starts. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit of a strange one. Um, No, the strange one was when he sniffed that dude's wine. I had written that. I literally have written that. I've written wine sniff. Just just wine sniff, question (laughs) mark, and that's it. Um, Right before the note that I was about to read out, which is that I wrote, the big factory shootout feels anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, But going through the IMDb trivia, uh, there's a reason for that, and that is that when they went to shoot that big factory shootout, all of the prop guns kept... Um, just uh, malfunctioning. Yeah. So they ended up not getting like about half the footage they wanted to get. So that's why there's so many sharp cuts in it. Yeah. The literally just technical difficulties. That would have probably explained my issues with the um the weapon choices. Yeah, maybe. Um, when Red, I can't remember the actor's name. I just remember playing Red and uh, that Sydney show. I haven't seen that Sydney show. Oh, okay. 
you're not missing much. Um, not now anyway, it was pretty cool when it first aired, but yeah. now it's just like some of the... Anyway, I'm not going to get into politics. Um, so many throws through a window. Like, that's unnecessary. Yeah. That is... It's great. Is that the one where he's reading him his, his rights and yeah. throwing through the windows? I thought that's fantastic. That's also mentioned in the, uh, the IMDb trivia because they thought that police would hate it, that he did it. Yeah. So they showed it to test audience of police and they all loved it. They thought <laughs> it was the best part of the movie. It, like, um, among police test audiences, their favourite part of the movie was the good guy getting to throw the guy through the window yeah, as he's reading his rights. Yeah. Because they wish they could do that. Yeah. The, um... I've just got to note this is hell of a second murdering. Anyway... Yeah, um, all the all of the death scenes are brutal. Yeah. I did. I wrote um, when he's having the fight with the uh, the stop motion. So he goes. He does go. He finds out that the that Dick is behind the whole thing, and he goes yeah. to arrest Dick, and then he finds out that there's this built-in conspiracy. Yeah, and there's this built-in loophole that he can't arrest senior levels of the uh, the company. Um, so then Dick sends out the big massive robot after him. Um, and they have a fight, except what I've written is Daleks can't use stairs. Yeah. Um, because the robot, he, because Robocop just runs down the stairs and the other robot, it, disco it discovers that it cannot use stairs and then it falls down the stairs and then it just turtles and that's it. Yeah. Well, I've got stuck pig noises and, and the rest of the time it's got like a weird tiger growl, yeah. which I yes. thought was... Literally that's what they used. A tiger yeah. growl and a pig noise. A pig. Yeah. Um... There's a weird sequence in between sort of that where he gets shot up by the SWAT and ends up hiding again in the same industrial complex that he got murdered in with the, the female badass yep. short blonde head cop. Yep. Um, She's cool, I like her. There's sort of that is a trope to me now. Right. Where you just have like a... If you just have give a female short hair, short blonde hair, and make her show a kick some dude's ass, you're like, yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> That's a trope now. It was cool then. It's now a trope. It was a character stereotype, and now it's just a trope of like, oh, we'll just add this to the movie. Yeah. That's why we had that big discussion after we watched Robocop of like, I was really confused and thought it was um, Catherine rock something or other. Oh, I can't remember her name yeah. at this point. Who was a... Oh, uh, Cynthia. Cynthia or Cynthia, something. Cynthia, yeah. Rock, rock, rock something. Rockwell, rock something. Rock, she was rock, a... Um, rock or something. Yeah, know. she was a... Uh, <laughs> quite a famous stunt woman in the old uh, Hong Kong era kung fu movies with mm -hmm. like Sam Hung. I saw her in like lots of others, like the Forest Bandit. You were like, did she play a Forest Bandit? And I'm like, I could spend yeah. 20 minutes finding this, what this Mount, movie Mountain was. Bandit. Mountain Bandit. Um, the so the main point of it is there's a news story talking about the Star Wars defense program which was like a Reagan era thing where they planned to put lasers in space that would shoot down ballistic missiles to defend from the, Rus uh, from the Soviet Union mm -hmm. that's accidentally fired and killed two ex-presidents yeah it's really interesting because it's obviously along with everything else it's a conspiracy yeah it's killing specific people because it kills multiple former presidents it's so suspicious and it's just kind of just in there as like a little like tidbit yeah um i found those news broadcasts really interesting and then because they're just they're tangentially related to what's going mm. on but not quite related um and then also they have the ads the ads are fantastic 
the TV in that universe is super weird because it has this running catchphrase where like a creepy little dude with a mustache and glasses says the same one line and everybody loses their shit every time he says it, which yeah. is, I'd buy that for a dollar. And it's that usually... Is, I believe the director? It's either the writer or the director is that character. But it's always relating to women being basically not prostitutes, but prostitutes, yeah. including his, like, wife. Who, yeah. like, gets him a prostitute, and then yeah, he, like, stares really, directly into the camera. It's such a weird... It's, yeah, it's really weird. And my, my fav- one of my favourite things about the... um. IMDb trivia was um, Nancy Allen's first day on set they were filming that mm. and she walked in and was like what have I signed up for because she <laughs> thought that that's, that's what they were making and then it was like oh no okay that's not it's just a weird TV segment that's being filmed for him so yes he takes out some big screws that are holding his like faceplate helmet on so revealing his human face and now he's now Murphy rather than Robocop yeah um it's less creepy than in the Vindicator because in the Vindicator he looks like a skull with a it's brain so in it. So cool. So in the Vindicator, the only thing that survived of his face is his eyes because he was yeah. wearing goggles. They're like, thank God he was wearing goggles. Um, but you could see his exposed brain, his exposed teeth, and yeah. and like jaw muscles and stuff. But I actually thought it was really cool, even though it's clearly really you know low budget stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah interesting Mur- design choice. Murphy's face is less creepy. Yeah, Murphy's face is just like the front f- part of his face. Yeah, it's just. It's Face skin stapled onto a robot head. Yeah. Um, and then you have the end battle. Um, the, yeah. Uh, I've got notes in here that are related to guns, but that's firing <laughs> Barrett's 50 cal's that would be complaining. But, like, you fire a 50 cal without wearing Air Pro and you're, you're gone. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's like, oh, I'm going to go to the friggin' hearing center tomorrow. Um... The scene where he gets melted by toxic waste, your favourite henchman, is so oh, funny. And it's, it's such so good makeup. Oh, good. It's so good. And then he gets hit by the car and just, and just explodes. explodes into liquid. Oh, absolutely fantastic. I thought it was great. So, yeah, so then they have the sequence where he's like chasing the main bad guy around the car who's Dick. And then. Is it Dick? No. no. So it's, uh, it's Red. They're chasing Red. Red. It's the character's Bonitor. name. Yeah. Is that his name? I can't remember now. Do, do you know he was he originally? If this is you, do you mean the the leader of the goon, the leader of the gang? Yeah. Guy, yeah. Uh, who's like killing all the cops? The, yeah. He's like he's a cop killer. Um, he auditioned to play Dick, and when he was cast for the movie, he thought that's who he was cast to play, mm. and then um. The guy, I think the director of the movie is Dutch. Yeah. And he said he really wanted this guy to play the gang leader because he reminded him of Heinrich Himmler. Wow. That's intense. And also because they they thought he looked very intellectual and they wanted the gang leader to be someone that you think could be thinking up yeah. stuff, that you think he could be the guy, the mastermind behind it all. So they wanted to, you know, have someone who looked very intellectual, had glasses, looked like Harry Himmler. Yeah. So then you get this sequence at the end when they're in the we're in the industrial complex. They have the rundown and they have the face off. Uh, the blonde. Yes. So you do the motion of the face off motion. The uh, the blonde cop gets injured, falls down. Car. So they're all in like a sort of like a dip that's full of water, and it looks quite deep from their point of view. Mm-hmm. But then Murphy scrolls up and he looks literally looks like he's walking on water. Then they... Because he's Jesus. Yes, because he's Robo-Jesus. 
uh, Robo Christ. He moves an arm across, and then sort of like that's my crucifixion scene because he gets crushed under like cross beams of metal. Okay, all right. I and then he stabs him with a spear, which is yeah, also in the, in the crucifixion mythos. And yeah, then he ends up stabbing him back with his USB. Yeah. And then, I don't think Jesus does that part. No. I don't remember Jesus stabbing anyone with a USB. But then they—that's before the scene where they then go. Yeah, because then the, he goes to the he goes to the the big bad guys building, which I can't remember the name of their company. Um, OCP was it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause yeah, because it's, it's, it's on there. The on logo. The, on the side of his head as well. Yeah, yeah. OCP. Um, and then the objective four standing in the way. Yeah, oh, he, he he literally walks into the boardroom. It's pretty badass. He yeah. walks into the boardroom and he's like, "This guy." is a murderer, but I can't arrest him because he's put this in my programming. Uh, or, be, you know, because I cannot arrest someone who works for this company. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, what evidence do you have? That's a big claim. And then he shows them the evidence. Yeah. And then the guy is like holding the CEO at ransom or whatever. And then the, he just goes, you're fired. And then the Robocop's like, thank you. And just kills him. He kills it's him so, so hard. Good. There's only one jarring bit is when he falls out of the window yeah. after being... He's a dummy. Um, he's got weird stretchy arms. Yeah, he's a dummy. Yeah. Which was, they they left that in on purpose because they, they liked how it looked. Yeah. Which I guess is fun. The, and then you sort of get to the, that's sort of the end of Robocop. Yeah. And. You just recapped the whole movie. Yeah, we did, sort of. <laughs> but that's kind of the whole point. Um, and yeah. also not, yeah, there's, there's. There's a lot of stylistic choices that were done in The Vindicator which made the movie worse and we could have had Robocop like half a year earlier if they'd just chosen a little bit different style. Because there's nothing wrong with the suits, there's nothing wrong with the visuals. Yeah. It's just some of the dialogue needed working on, some of the yeah. explanation of how we got to places needed working on because as an audience member you're like, why does nobody know all this information at all like why yeah. are they not communicating with each other is it because they're hiding it but like wouldn't you make him but there was so unnecessary dialogue in it as well yeah it's a it's yeah it's an odd movie and it's acted very strangely in my opinion and they just needed to make everything darker because darkness and like abrupt lighting like you that's why yeah. terminator is such a good movie um they needed better cinematography i mean yeah. Robocop had great cinematography in comparison to yeah. The Vindicator. Because um, a lot of it takes place at night. Yeah, but also just like the actual shots, whereas The, the Vindicator is very shot like just... It's, it's shot like a TV show rather than... And like a, you know, like a... Almost like a sitcom. Yeah. You know, angle-wise and being in the house and being out here. But, you know, um, it's not shot in a very cinematic way. Mm. But the director is someone who works primarily on made for TV, TV, movies. TV series and made-for-TV movies. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Because that's obviously... I think now is that we're sitting here and sort of after what Disney Plus have done and Netflix have done, mm -hmm. we're in a different environment now. Yeah. Like well, now TV is more cinematic. Yeah. Um, whereas back then, some movies were more TV-esque, I guess. Yeah. Sort of with TVs back then, you'd get like one fixed camera point, which yeah. is why all families sat on one side of the table. <laughs> table for uh, 23. There's only 12 of you. Yeah, we're all going to sit on one side of the table. <laughs> back to your, your Christ analogies. Uh, I did, I wrote it so at one point, because um, obviously I hadn't made the Christ connection when I was watching it. I wrote it was very Steve Rogers. 
Yeah. I thought Murphy was very, and all, that was one of the things listed as a reference in IMDb then when I looked up afterwards, and I was like, okay, so that wasn't probably intentional. Mm. Um, because apparently there's a scene, there's one of the scenes in Robocop uh, where someone is holding a Captain America comic, which I hadn't copped. No, I didn't catch that either. Um, but it's, so it's obviously a little bit of an homage that he, mm. that it was in terms of Murphy as a character, how he is personality wise. And, you know, the fact that he wants to go into the place and take everyone down by himself and then becomes the super soldier. Yeah. It's very Captain America. Um, quite a bit of Steve Rogers in that. So, I would have to say that this original Robocop is better than the remake they made. Like, if you're going to remake something, make, remake it so it's better, not worse. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I saw the remake. I've seen the remake. I haven't seen the original Robocop, uh, but definitely, yeah, like... Having seen the remake first and then this one, I do like the original better. Yeah, the original is so much better. Yeah. I did, I found the, the Vindicator very engaging. Yeah, it was an engaging movie because you're just sort of screaming. I was, you were screaming, I was screaming at the screen <laughs> at multiple points in that movie. Because um, it was just yeah, so I mean, one of my notes in here in all caps is just, fuck him up, Carl. <laughs> um, which was when he went into the, the beard guy's house. I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck him up, Carl. I did make a note at one point where I was just like, you know, I can't wait to see all these horrible people being killed. Yeah. Because you know that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So it was quite early on. I was like, I can't wait. Because they're all assholes. But then I was like, I also don't really care about Carl, though. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in Robocop, I cared about Murphy. I also cared yeah, about his partner, the... whose name we've both forgotten. But still, I cared about her um, in the context of the movie. Um, I also cared about the other police officers, like yeah. this, the sergeant. Yeah, I, the, I cared about him. The, I gave a shit. The black sergeant who's yeah. just like trying to keep his precinct together, stop his cops from striking, which ends up happening in anarchy strikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I, the sire is killed. I liked him, and I cared about him. Yeah. I cared about. I didn't care about anyone. I cared about Catherine. I did like Catherine in the Vindicator. There was a, the bit where. Um, the partner or the wife is being assaulted by... She's getting strangled with a She's being strangled cord. and possible attempt, attempted rape. Yeah. And I just wrote, where's Catherine when you need her? And then she just goes upstairs. And then she comes in and she's like, oh, sorry, guys. I'm sorry for walking in here because she thinks they're having sex. And then she starts to go upstairs. But I think that's a ruse. I think Catherine's cleverer than that because she starts to go upstairs and then he's like, ha, I've like succeeded. And then she like jumps on him. So she was like trying to give him a false sense of security. Such a weird... And then she immediately is killed after that, so very yeah. exciting. At which point I had written, like, No, Catherine, not Catherine, and stuff like that in uh, all in caps. She yeah. just looks like she gets a neck adjustment. Like, genuinely, it just looks like mild. Like, if you were at... If you're waiting for your partner at the mall and there's a kiosk with people doing, like, neck massages, that's what Hunter gives and then, like, kills her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I have to say. The, the yeah. comparison is just they're both cyborgs set yeah. on vengeance I think, the people who yeah. made them cyborgs. I do think that Robocop is much better written 100%. in all aspects. Yeah, yeah. It's much more, and there's like parts of it that were like, ooh, that's a surprise. Cause I didn't know Dick Jones was in charge of it and you know, whatever. Mm. And there's interesting things. Um, whereas in The Vindicator, it's just like straightforward. We don't know. It's just like this guy's going to fuck some people up because they killed him. Yeah. And it's like, sweet, great, I'll watch it. I love it. But we don't know, like, half of what's going on, and they don't seem to know half of what's going on, and there's yeah. no real story. You as, the, you as the watcher don't know what's going on, and then the characters in the movie don't know what's yeah. going on. So, that's fine, you know? Yeah. But it's a fun movie. It was, you know, engaging to watch, yeah. but it's not very well written. It's funny because the 
now that we've been watching these movies, I'm enjoying the worse Air Brackets movie better. Probably because I've seen... You've seen some of the better ones already? Yeah. Obviously, the approaching the unknown is just... I, I left all my feelings about that in that episode. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Gordy was just fun. Gordy was a fun movie. Yeah. Um, and The Vindicator was fun to watch. Yeah. Both of them had made no sense writing-wise. No. But that's fine. Sometimes the movies, you know... The next the next ones we're going to watch, um, we've both already seen both of them, so it'll be interesting to see yeah, how, we go. How, that, how that goes. But I think for most of them, I've seen either neither of them or only one of them. Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a fun time. It'll be a mixed bag. Yeah. But it'll, it'll be like reaching in and you don't know if you're gonna get something good or something bad. Yeah. But you're just still gonna get something. So that's the enjoyable bit. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. I guess that, that about sums it up for this yeah. episode. Do cyborgs dream of electric vengeance? Yeah. Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah, they do. That's they all do. they dream about. <laughs> It's all they're capable of dreaming They're just, about. I mean, when you boil it down, it's just two dudes who were murdered and suffer extreme PTSD from the fact that they were murdered and brought back to life. Yeah. As you would. And they have to deal with that. Because um, they do both have, like, PTSD flashbacks and it's quite upsetting. Yeah. But then they both get vengeance and it's very cool. Yeah. Um, that scene where he's, like, throwing the guy through the windows, reading him his Miranda rights is is the mix of the robot doing his job and the Murphy inside him trying to just give him his commitments. Yeah. And I like it. And it tests well with police audiences. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so that has been us. You can find us on Facebook at It Takes Two Pod and on Twitter and Instagram at It Takes Two underscore pod. We couldn't quite get the exact Thanks, same... Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't quite get the exact same uh, handle on all three, but it's close enough. All right, so thank you for listening. Until next time.